This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nebraska preps post game with Damon Benning and Jacob Padilla. Love the bit. Love the big boys, guy. Always signals the start to a good week. Off air, we are arguing about the <laughs> Phoenix Suns. On air, on podcast, we are taking care of high school sports. My man, Jacob Padilla, <laughs> one of the best in the business. What's up, buddy? How are things? Hey, yeah, we, we got plenty of basketball season just getting started. We got plenty of time <laughs> to talk about that later. Right, 82-game regular season schedule. We'll argue later. An exercise in futility. Those Lakers <laughs> versus Suns. Go. Uh, I'll take the Lakers going away. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Most unlikable team in the NBA as a Lakers fan, but that's okay. I'll get over it. Not one guy I like on that roster outside of Carmelo Anthony. It's very tough, Jacob. It's very tough. Yeah. Well, at least uh, some of the players you don't like are good. That hasn't always hey, been the case right. for me and my. Good, good point. And you know what? LeBron doesn't eat at me like he used to. I've I've come to appreciate his greatness. So that's a start. Everybody else, oh boy, it's a crapshoot. Uh, speaking of crapshoot, <laughs> how about last week's playoff stint? That is October football in Nebraska at its finest. No doubt. And uh, so – Big stories, obviously, in, in Class A and an unprecedented upset. But you look at the lower classes, there were 17 total upsets uh, by seed line in, in last week's uh, round of the playoffs. So pretty impressive. 15 in the C and D classes. Um, B, was, B was clean. Favorites held uh, there. But, yeah, um, pretty, pretty surprising, uh, I'd say, first round last week. So if I read this right, the top four seeds in C1 – that advance are now traveling this week. Are they? They're on the road, right? Did I see that right? You may be right about that. I, I forgot about kind of how, how that works there, but now uh, that that yeah. unto itself is tough. And C one is already highly, highly competitive. As is C two. Well, heck, it's all competitive across the board. This may be as good. This may be as good of a run as we've seen in quite some time. And and. In all the classes. Uh, heck, in C1, uh, 5, 6, 7, and 8 all lost last week. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that, that and we kind of thought that, where it was going to be about seedings, but if you're in the middle, we thought it was going to be all about the draws. Yeah, and clearly that was the case. And some of these upsets, they weren't even close. They were, they were now, handled. Now, it's setting up nicely in B potentially – in the next round, but I'm hesitant to say if seeds hold. <laughs> we said that last week, and we were anticipating some of the juicy matchups in A and B, and yeah, not so much. Yeah, and man, you, you look at uh, Class B, uh, if we want to start there. That, favorites, uh, 
again, the top seeds won won every game. Um, there were only two that were close. Um, that for the most part, teams took care of business. Bennington fifty one thirteen over McCook. Uh, Dylan Mostek did what he does uh, nineteen for two forty two and a score. Uh, Austin Holtz had a big game defensively. Uh, they didn't really need much from the passing game. Uh, Waverly fifty nine thirteen over Grand Island Northwest. Cole Murray, uh, 124 and through the air, 56 and a score on the ground, um, two, two scores in the air. Uh, Preston Harms, nine carries, 140 yards, uh, and a touchdown. So they rushed for 412 yards as a team. So that that sets up for a 1-8 next week with Bennington and, and, and Waverly. Waverly. Yeah. yeah. And, geez. Waverly, <laughs> uh, you know, handles Grand Island Northwest. We thought that was kind of a tricky one, as a lot of 8-9s are, right? But. Uh, Waverly prevails in an impressive fashion. 110-26 combined score between those two games. uh, 51-13 and what was it, 59-13, something like that for... Yep, so now they they face off in in the next round. Um, Seward held on barely uh, against Ron Colley uh, that they needed a a two-point conversion stop to to hold on to that lead. That was, uh, um, it was 14-13 at the end of the third quarter. And Seward scored early uh, to take 21-13 lead. And Ron Colley scored with less than a minute to go, I believe. Uh, Brady Miguel found Derek Rogers for a touchdown. And they just weren't able the to Rogers get the two point to go. Coming. That's yeah. just kind of how it goes. I, I don't know if there are any more of them, but uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Um, pretty good run for them. They had some, <laughs> Jake Orr, um, Quincy Evans. They got some, Ron Colley yeah, had some pretty good athletes. Really they were, good group getting ready to depart from Ron Colley after this year. And we've seen that a little bit in B. And now it happened from 20 going to 21. But this Ron Colley group has uh, a lot of games together. Yeah. And, and then on the other side. And that was after the Tate and Red, the Rodgers, yeah. that bunch from Jack Dotsley. Yeah, from a couple of years ago and last year. So I. It's a nice group that, that Ron Colley's had a nice run. Yeah, we'll, we'll be talking about them in the football or in the basketball season for sure. But so Seward advances. Um, yeah, they probably keep winning season top two, right? Yeah, up there. Yeah, twenty-one nineteen uh, in the final on that one, and then Elkhorn kind of ho hum workman like thirty-six zero win over York. Safe. Okay, I'm going to say this, and I feel like I maybe have alluded to it before. Elkhorn may be better than anybody thought, and that's in spite of what Platt Smith did to them. And the head-to-head, and it's a that's a good, impressive win. New coach um, lost most uh, of your biggest impact heck, players from heck a year of ago. A senior class, yeah, and he's done a good job. They've they've gotten better. It seems like as the season's gone on, they found a way to win some tough ones. Uh, obviously, that one didn't go their way, but nine and one in the quarterfinals. Yeah, right. That's so. that's pretty good season, <laughs> no doubt. So, well, four or five with uh, Elkhorn against Seward uh, in the next round, and that'll be the early one out at. Uh, Elkhorn Stadium, I believe, um, and then the, the final matchup. The, this is the most. This one's the most intriguing, yep. in my opinion. The uh, <laughs> the the one kind of heavy favorite that did not kind Didn't of take care of business against easily. Gross Plattsmith did improve to ten and zero, but it was a nineteen thirteen win uh, over Gross, um, and it it looked like Christian Manessis four carries, and that was it. So um, yeah, wondering what his status will be going, coming into this week. Yeah. And, uh, Ethan Walker stepped in for him, carried the ball uh, for 114 yards and a score at a 95-yard kickoff return. Uh, Nate Kramer had, had to do a little bit more, 8 of 15 passing for 112 yards, four carries, uh, and scored a touchdown on the ground. Owen Prince did a little of everything. 
Um, As he's but, been known to do. Yeah, so other guys had to step up. But, yeah, that's a 19-13 win. That's kind of not what you expect for a team that has been kind of rolling teams throughout the regular season. Although you and I both agree, we feel like Omaha Gross does a really good job with what they have. That is a well-coached football team. For sure, they, and they've been scrappy. Um, but uh, I think Plattsmith had to punt four times maybe, which yeah. I'm not sure they're used to, to doing, doing very yeah. often. And we'll talk to Coach Desiris on Friday uh, on the morning show, which – you know, it's always good to catch up with him. Good football mind. Um, obviously can fill us in on, on, on kind of their status and, and talk to him a year ago. So we'll get a chance to kind of see. They were laying in the cut a little bit, but this next team may be the team that those think is the next best team not named Bennington, and that's Aurora. Well, first uh we had Scud uh, 31-10 over Norris. Yeah, I forgot uh, Plattsmith's opponent. Yeah, um, so it'll be Scud uh, the 3-6 uh, with Plattsmith against Scud next week. And Scud seems like they've kind of figured some things out, maybe gotten a little bit healthier than they were midseason. Um, at this point, I'm not sure. I, I didn't, wasn't able to see any of that game. And Yeah, so that's interesting, right? Because I'm still not – I like Scud, but, I, you know, you're watching them on huddle on this replay, and – a lot of 50-50 balls. Kind of their offense is – I'm still not sure who they are offensively. Who they have a quarterback in that game? Well, they went back to the well, right? Okay. I mean, Beckers, he's ready to go. That's what I hadn't seen because I know they'd been starting uh, – You know uh, who I Turman. like, though? I like the younger Archer. Oh, say? yeah. Is he back? Yeah. Good. I <laughs> Now, I thought he was going to win the running back job. Now, I'm speculating, right, because yeah. I, I don't – but when the season started, I'm like – that's a winning family. Winning, yeah. like, those guys are good. And now late, it seems like he's emerging. But they kind of got away from him a little bit after the first couple big carries. Yeah, Wyatt, um, undersized, but plays hard. Really good athlete. Um, basketball player, too. And he uh, plays basketball like a football player. Hey, kind of wash <laughs> going hard. Repeat with the Archer family, right? Yeah. Undersized. So. Lay it on the line. Tough, consummate competitors. I, I'm pretty much Team Archer. Yeah, so Scott kind of. Been dealt a, a tough hand this year with all they had to replace from last year and the injuries, and seems like they'd never really quite been able to get into a rhythm. But here they are, um, seven and three, uh, with the chance to, to take on Plattsmith here in the next round. Yeah, and I uh, it, uh, unfortunately fast forwarded to Aurora and, and <laughs> Scott's bluff, but man, it's almost like we're speaking it into existence with Aurora and forty three nothing at halftime over Lexington. Yeah. They just here they come. And all the and all of a sudden they're in the quarters, right? And not wait, would this be the quarters? Uh next week will yeah, be the quarters. This is the quarters. This next is week quarters. Next week be, you'd think a guy that's been in the playoffs quite a bit would know what to call him, but yeah, that's why I got JP with me. <laughs> uh as they get Scott's bluff. Yeah. Or had or Lexington had one passing yard, fifty four rushing yards, uh, so fifty five yards from scrimmage on forty four plays. So that's pr- pretty solid defensive effort there. <laughs> and, and what do we think about Scott's bluff, Beatrice? Did Beatrice just run out of gas? Because we knew that they were winning close games yeah. early. We thought the schedule would stiffen up late. Kind of petered down the stretch. That that may be true, but man, Scott's bluff, we probably. It's always tough with some of the, the, the Western teams where we don't get to see them in person um, very much, or if at all. And, man, Scott, that quarterback running back duo for Scott's Buff is That's what tough everybody to says. That's what, uh, that's we, what we, talk, we talk about all the, the senior running backs. 
Sebastian Boyle is going to be among the group we talk about next year for sure. That's funny. One of the good things about this podcast is that's the second time in three weeks that he's alluded to this. So if he speaks this into existence, give my man some props because there aren't very many people with 402 that start in the area that start with that as their area code that would be privy to that information like my man Jacob Padilla. I mean, it's. 29 carries for 315 yards and three touchdowns Every speaks week. for itself. Every week. <laughs> and then you couple that with Braden Stoll, a quarterback, who um, four for six passing for 94 yards. So they hit some uh, some shot plays uh, and a touchdown. And 15 carries for 182 yards and three scores himself. That's a, <laughs> that's a lot of yardage between those two guys. Uh, almost 500 yards. Which matchup is the one that you're looking forward to the most if, you, if, you, if you're going to try to peg it? Is it? Platt Smith and, and Scott, or is there another one that's uh, on the radar? I think you may go Aurora Scott's bluff, though. That, the Platt Smith-Scott one is probably the most intriguing, kind of the wild card game, because at, at this point we're not quite sure uh, what the deal um, uh, what Christian the health is. Yeah, um, and he does so much for that team. Yeah, and we, we saw it again, even, even though they won and they put up some good yardage, um, it, it wasn't, wasn't the same without a, a guy like that where – it and their, and their emotional yeah. leader as well. Exactly. And he's done so much for that program. Takes your entire defense to, to, to slow him down. So that'll be definitely one to watch. Just kind of wondering how um, how that plays out. Who is all going to be playing for both teams there. Um, again, like we said, Scott's kind of ramping up towards this. They've been here before. Coaching staff uh, certainly knows how to get it done in the postseason. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, that'll probably – man, that'll probably be – the Aurora Scott's buff, I think, is definitely going to be interesting. The the way that Aurora is playing right now, you wonder. Um, I forgot. Did these teams match up previously? Let me check. Uh, they, I, they, this is, I think this is their first meeting. Okay. Um, this I think I'm I'm ninety nine point nine percent sure this is their first meeting, which means there's uh, like forty three twenty two loss. Which in mean, I was going to say, which means there's a good chance that I'm going to be. <laughs> yeah. Just getting ready to say that. So forty three twenty two loss in, in week two. Or week three. Three, because it was after yeah. their two big opening games where we felt like eh, a but, little bounce back. And they, so both of their losses came in the first three weeks. They lost to a Colorado team in week one. Um, and since then, they have been rolling teams. GI Northwest is the, I guess McCook's kind of kept it low scoring. They're the only one that slowed them down. I but. think, and I actually think familiarity in this one helps Scott's bluff because Aurora has. They've oh, seen it before. Yeah. That's. I was just getting ready to say. There's no kind of. There's no secrecy or the aura of Aurora with this one because Scott's Bluff has, has seen him before. Yeah. So I. I mean, at this point, the way Aurora has been playing, the way that previously, I. I don't know that you'd be surprised by Aurora winning handily, but I think Scott's Bluff has enough, and I think they've improved as season's gone on uh, to to make that interesting for sure. Um, so let me give you what – I'll give you the quick rundown. I'll take Bennington over Waverly. Yeah. I'll take Elkhorn over Seward. Agreed. I'll take Plattsmith <laughs> over Scott. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll take Aurora over Scott's Bluff. I wish I knew a little bit more on a Wednesday about where Plattsmith is, but as of right now, I'll, I'll take Plattsmith. And, I mean, seeding's held in the first round. Um why not in the second? Are, we gonna round go, are you so. going chalky as well? I, yeah, um, I, I, I guess I'll, I'll take the same picks. All right. Well, <laughs> you won't get that often. We're in lockstep <laughs> agreement, me and old JP. Let's jump over to A, where 
wow. Wow, wow, wow. I asked a good buddy of mine, and, and his kiddos go to Millard South, one place basketball. I asked him last week, I said, would you take Millard South or the field? Right? Because Millard South's been dominant, right? He says, I'll take the field. I'm just not sure. I said, well, he said, well, Bellevue West and, and Westside are on the other half. I said, well, what, one of those is going to cancel out. They only have to beat one yeah. of those two teams. <laughs> he said, I'll take the field. He was animate. After the final on Friday night, he texts me. He says, I told you, take the field. I don't know what he knew, but no way he knew that North was going to have over 300 yards <laughs> passing and outscore Miller South in a shootout. Yeah. Now, I I got home. Um, it, I, I went to the doubleheader at Burke Stadium. So I got home and saw, like, pulled up my phone and, like, was looking at Twitter and I saw the, the final score tweet and I was like, what? And immediately after that, I get a phone call from Sauter. Yeah. And uh, so we talk it out. I was like, so here's the funny thing. And I'm not afraid to admit this. So we got done early because we had put Papio South on the running clock. So <laughs> yeah. we're in the locker room and we hear the kids kind of cheering. So we're, you know, we poke our head out of the coach's office. We're like, hey, what's going on? And they have the feed oh. and they're standing around like multiple phones. So we wanted the feed. We put it up on the big screen. So we probably, as a staff, watched not only the last five minutes of Miller South Omaha North. After that, we watched Prep Grand Island. So we're seeing this thing start to finish. Does anybody, do you think you have an explanation on how and why Miller South stopped running the ball in the fourth quarter of 14? Uh, that's, uh, that's a good question. Um, I don't Man, know if they have to be, that's an awful good team to not even get out of the first round. They will be kicking themselves over the way that one shook out. Yeah. I, I don't know if they're just worried about that North defensive line or what the deal was, but they had been moving the ball though. Yeah. That's <laughs> your guess is as good as mine. Um, now, now in their defense, that is not a 16 seed coach. Coach Martin is a guy that I've worked with for yeah. nine years. We played in five out of six consecutive state championships and six out of six semifinals. Yeah. He knows how to win. And, and, and if there's one guy that I would use to give a motivational speech, if a 16 was going to be the one, it would be Coach Martin. He I mean, he brings it when it comes to to emotional speeches. And we we. We I don't know if we talked about uh, North almost at all this season because kind of wrote them off after that zero for five start and, and they and they all they did was win four in a row yeah, and then, it's like and they, okay. they get that first win get almost central or like okay um, that's interesting then beat Pius and Fremont you're like uh North Star okay um, yeah because nothing really got yeah. your attention and then no. they then they stepped their toe out of nowhere yeah right and it's like how, what's the barometer like what are we pitted against yeah. And that's so they didn't have a uh, a win over uh, a good team basically, and they, they lost uh, all three of the best teams they played during the regular season, all four, including the first game against Millard South. Yeah. So I, and I think they're one of two because Southie was it Southie? It's Burke. Burke going into the playoffs didn't have a win over a team with a winning record. Lincoln Southeast only had one win over a team with a winning record. Did North have a win over a team with a winning record? I don't believe so. Yeah, see, yeah, so it was hard to kind of gauge, right? It was. Yeah. Well, so. I guess looking back um, at the the previous game, uh, North they moved the ball decently well. To Sean Porter was over uh, hundred under, yards rushing. He's, he's underappreciated. He, he ran by us. He ran by us once, and I was like, "Whoa!" 
it, faster than he looks on tape. Jordan Williams threw for 200 yards, a couple of touchdowns, uh, no interceptions. Uh, Keechon Williams had a big game. So there were, there were some signs there, um, I guess, just based on the way that game went last time that you thought, well, they can move the ball a little bit. Um, but that still ended up as a 43-21 final. So knowing, knowing Keyshawn Williams' competitiveness uh, and his athleticism, you've got to probably put him in the upper echelon of a of a 50-50 ball go-getter. He can play a ball in the air. He is fantastic when it comes down to that. And he did that on the game winner. Just went up. That's what it, he does. Right at the end there. He just finds a way to go get it. He can high point it. He just wins those balls. One of those guys with really good body control. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and he goes up over Taylor, who inexplicably, his back's kind of to the play. Just kind of lost it. And Did you see what happened on the fumble, though? I, no. Because I, I didn't, you know, Taylor has the ball. They got a chance to, to, to drive in. They've got one of the best field goal kickers in the state, right? They're on their side of the field. He fumbles the pitch. I I don't know what happened, but for a guy that is used to being clutch, he's a fantastic wrestler. He's had a great high school football career as well. Man, he, uh, you, you, your heart breaks for for what happened in the last forty five seconds of that game for Andre Taylor. Oh, for sure. And Williams, I think, finished around one hundred forty yards receiving. Uh, plus, well, Jordan threw for three hundred yeah. yards for Oklahoma North. Him. Um, I. Just, yeah, and again, with the athletes they have in the secondary, um, you yeah. figured they would, uh, North South would be able to hold up. His, previ- yeah. His previous high this season was the 201 yards against Millard South. And uh, he, how many, well, he didn't play against us, but gosh, North threw for two and some change against us, too, with a backup quarterback because Keyshawn Williams had over 100 and some odd yards receiving. He's a handful outside the numbers. And you complement that with their their postseason experience, man. I know we hadn't seen a sixteen versus a one before, but that was that's a different kind of sixteen seed. And I think what Gage Stenger have six. Obviously, he played good to see him back out yeah, there. He's fantastic. Give it all with six touchdowns. Yeah, was it? Yeah, he um, counted for six of them. So, man, that and that's that's the most surprising part is you they got outscored yeah. and he played so well. Yeah, exactly. Cause that's been, he's been the difference maker in every single game they've had against another good team this season and why they have gone undefeated. Um, because he, other teams just didn't have an answer yeah, for no him. answer for, and for Stanger at this point, North clearly didn't really have that much of an answer. Um, but, the Miller South didn't have one for North either. A couple of empty trips, boy, really cost Miller South with a 14-point lead. Right, 14-point lead in the fourth quarter for Miller South, you think it's pretty safe. They pulled away from Bellevue West in a similar circumstance. Bellevue West couldn't even get the ball back. Yeah. Right? I mean, we saw that game firsthand, and it's like you get the ball coming out of half, they turn it over, Miller South comes down and scores, and you're like, oh, boy, I don't know if Bellevue West is going to be able to get enough stops. Turns out they didn't have enough possession. They, they had four snaps in the third quarter. They just, they just couldn't get the ball. Yep. And so Omaha North moves on. And uh, so now North Platte, uh, 24-17, holding on against Columbus, will now uh, get a home Always tough game. in a rematch, isn't it? Yeah. And and, I've, and Vince Genitone didn't play in the previous game. We figured that would make a difference if he was able to go. He was. Uh, nine carries, 74 yards, 13 tackles. Just basically what he does every single game. Assuming the snow has melted, too. Monday and Tuesday, boy, it was thick. I was getting pictures out there on the Internet. It was uh, – they were plowing in peas <laughs> at North Platte's field. They will be ready 
for the Omaha North Vikings. That one's going to be interesting. And, and Brock Robley, 32 carries, 180 yards in the score. Um, kind of the the power back there in that uh, multi-faceted running attack and didn't complete a pass, 0 for 1, but 356 yards on the ground. Uh, and they did enough defensively to kind of to, to avenge that loss from last week uh, in a one-score game. So um, North Platte will host uh, Millard South. Or we'll host Omaha North next week in an eight sixteen matchup, just like everybody had it. Yeah, everybody <laughs> had that peg, right? Eight versus sixteen. One they did peg was the four versus five, right? Yes. Gretna Lincoln East did not disappoint in a quarterback duel and Elkhorn South. A little tougher to be expected, but I kind of expect that from Elkhorn South, right? I've talked all all year. They coach in a way to play close games, they win close games. It's just kind of who they are. Yeah. And Gretna and Lincoln East, I think uh, 101, uh, 101 points. I think everybody uh, probably pegged that. I don't know that they expected 400 yards rushing between the two teams. Yeah, Huber really adds a different dimension for Gretna. If he can run, he's the X factor this week before we get into previews and just a little bit of time left. He's the difference between Elkhorn South and Gretna the second time around. What happens with Huber? 178 yards, two scores, plus he caught a, uh, four passes for 27 yards and a score. 13 tackles on defense. That dude is tough, but yeah. how about the quarterbacks using their legs? Yeah. Neither one has really been known for that. They've shown the ability to keep plays alive and uh, be effective in the goal line, but neither one of them guys that you've really seen running uh, free in the field. Flores, 11 carries for 58 yards and two touchdowns for um, Gretna, in addition to 256 yards and two scores in the air. And Noah Walters, uh, 11 carries for 72 yards in the score, yeah. plus 43, 431 yards and five touchdowns for the air. They each had a pick. Um, Braden Chaney, a little bit of everything, 50-yard receiving touchdown, 99-yard kickoff return touchdown, seven tackles, a pick. Um, and then, obviously, the, that receiver combo for East, Billy Stevenson, 10 for a buck 66. Good to see scores. him back kind of. Playing at a high level. Cooper Erickson, four for 161 and two. So it's a lot of yardage between those two. And then Malachi Coleman uh, had a huge game defensively, 13 tackles, half a sack, pass defense, and caught a, uh, a long touchdown as well. One of the more intriguing high school prospects, isn't he? Because he's kind of just yeah. getting started. Oh, yeah. Fantastic athlete that can do a multitude of things. Really high ceiling for Malachi Coleman. Especially once he gets in uh, a college strength and conditioning program. Yeah. Uh, you, you bump down. Elkhorn South survives. Carney late yeah. run. It was twenty-eight twenty. Carney had the ball late. They turn it over. Elkhorn South salts clock. It's a late score. Score wasn't quite as indicative of how close that game was. It, it was tied in the second quarter, and then Elkhorn South just kind of flexes muscles. Twenty-two-seven the rest of the way, and it seemed like uh, I'm saying I haven't seen a full box so far, but it seemed like Will Scratis actually a couple of long touchdown passes, um, ran for a long one. Seemed like he uh, played pretty well, and if he's playing well, I know, to right? Go with it, that running game, that's a different dimension, hundred percent. Because then you can get Quay Wilkie involved in the passing game. You know already about Cole Ballard in the ground game. That he, Scratus is a is a nice little X factor for them. So the Gretna Elkhorn South rematch at, out at Elkhorn Stadium will be the late game uh, on Friday. Yeah, they and get the eight o'clock kickoff because of the four p.m. game with Elkhorn playing earlier in the doubleheader. Indeed. Um, so that that was that, that was a heck of a game during the regular season. I'm looking forward to seeing how this rematch turns out. Bellevue West does what they do, uh, hammering and then pulling away from a Papio bunch who 
will kind of be left scratching their head after this season what could have been in terms of health and and just being dialed in. But Bellevue West appears to be ramping up, and they are now the team that has become the clear-cut favorite, I think, in my opinion. And it's in my sphere of influence. It's what it's who people like. You know, they're obviously the most talented team, and now they're starting to figure it out a little bit defensively. Pretty workmanlike against the Monarchs. 63-26. <laughs> so, uh, LJ Richardson did what he did on the ground, 278 yards, but also threw for a touchdown, just because why not? He's so good. Uh, <laughs> uh, Luke Johansson's been playing uh, pretty solid football the second half of the season, and the thing about them is it was Kyrell Jordan this week for 100 yards receiving. It could be any of five different guys, probably, uh, that could lead them in receiving in when, any given when he, game. When he's dialed in, he makes them different. Yeah. Right. You, you know about Helms, you know about Riley Ducker, even T.K. Barnett for that matter. When you get him going, oh, it is a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, to, it's a total handful. And the one I was at uh, was Creighton Prep in Grand Island. And boy, was that impressive um, with what they did there. And Grand Island took care of business, knocked off Prep 30-28 in uh, the other Big upset in the first round. So, again, a Coach Tomlin, Coach Bunch, you expect them to be in it. What were you thinking? you got to walk me through what you thought. When prep gets the completion late, they're getting into field goal oh, range, man. and then all of a sudden the strip happens. That That's just so tough. So what happened, prep, uh, they get the ball back, and with the chance to go take the lead, uh, and uh, Jack Piernicke hits Thomas Lydon deep down the field, 37-yard gain. He's fighting for extra yardage, kind of battling forward, and then somebody comes in there and just pops the ball free and falls on it. Yeah, the, the whole over. staff we're watching as we flipped over to that game online, we were like, oh, my gosh, he's run after cat. We got, oh, my gosh, he fumbled. Like, yeah. that's kind of how the recreation Yeah, went. and I can see the frustration on Lyon's face coming off uh, the field. He was, he's been their best receiver all, all year long, made the big play because – they're well within striking distance with plenty of time there. Um, if they hold on to the ball, he just goes down. Uh, but props to Grand Island for making the yeah, play. Just keep and fighting. Props to Kite and Fife. Grand Island could not run the ball no. against that prep front. They they did what they've done all year long, controlled the line of scrimmage. But Kite and Fife, 23 for 37 for 310 yards, three touchdowns, and just one interception. Had a rushing touchdown, caught two passes for 16 yards early on when they kind of came out. Um, with Cohen Evans at quarterback and moved uh, Fife off the ball on their first drive just to kind of catch uh, Prep off uh, um, off guard. Uh, and also punted the ball for them, three tackles. Uh, once again, two of his punts inside the 20, almost 40 yards a punt. Like, Mr. Do-Everything, Not he didn't win with his legs this week like he has a lot. He did it with his arm, and they could not stop him on third down. He had some huge completions. One of the, one of the better players we played against, and they found a – Shoot, they threw it to him a couple times. Really creative with how they use five. He's a big, strong kid, much bigger and faster seeing him in person than I think film does him justice. Yeah. So that was impressive. So now uh, WS will host Grand Island uh, in the next round. And the other uh, game at Burke on uh, Friday was the the Bulldogs, the early game, holding on, uh, or not holding on, kind of, controlling that game uh, uh, against you, Lincoln Southeast, 21-3. Yeah, the, the, the difference so it was the 14-3 and Southeast had it first and goal and couldn't get in. I, uh, I thought that was kind of the game changer. They did get in. 
Jake Applegate scored the touchdown, but the refs Left. called him out of bounds. Yeah. He every angle I've seen of it, every video, he scored that touchdown. He mm. caught he he palmed the ball out of the air, pulled it in as a uh, knee hit the ground and fell into the t- chalk. Like I have, I don't. That was a bad. That was a bad call, <laughs> and it really did kind of change things. It did. It changed Southeast the never. I'm, I'm, so I'm getting real time texts from folks at the game, and there were two things that kept coming across my 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 tw- my text. The trick play that went awry in the second quarter, which had Southeast fans besides themselves, but the, not getting the points on. The, the first and goal, which they felt were good for all intents and purposes. They didn't think that they could get over the hump. And it's what we were, uh, wondered about heading into the season. It's what we talked about. All Quarterback play just wasn't good enough for Southeast, and they tried both um, two different guys, uh, Baxter and Reddick, and they did not. They completed one pass in the second half. What do two you, passes what do you in the make of Burke offensively? Uh, they, they were – they were pretty – so I Cooper Katsky played really well in that I game. He was solid. Pretty good. He, uh, and he – 16 for 24 for 165 yards, two scores, eight carries for 65 yards rushing. So uh, it's kind of kept moving the chains, uh, moving them down the field, um, got the ball to uh, some of his playmakers when he needed to. Uh, had, had a big touchdown late to Titan Glassman, who's a freshman. Um, they've got Christian Jones, who Nebraska just offered as a freshman. Cameron Bell starting on the offensive line as a freshman. Um, they, they've got some... Some some young guys that have really gained the, experience. The, the cool thing is we get to put them to the test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure, sure that's an exciting prospect. We, yeah, for you. We, we get to put them to the test, which should be a ton of fun as uh, Westside handles business against Papio South. Forty nine nothing, and <laughs> you held uh, Papio South to thirty seven yards rushing uh, and ten yards passing with an interception. Uh, I was Papio South's playing a backup quarterback, so. It's unfortunate for them that um, they weren't able to, to be at full strength heading into the, the, the postseason, but I'm not sure it would have mattered. Yeah, different dimension. Jamez Ross comes back, allows us to play Dom Rizek some more on defense. It's a really good two-headed monster. Uh, the efficiency of Anthony Rizek, it, is, uh, it has been fun as, as Westside all of a sudden is extremely healthy uh, heading into this one against Burke, which – Makes it for a pretty fun matchup. Is there a is there a matchup in there? Are you looking dead square at that four or five, or is there something else that kind of catches your eye in terms of being captivated? I think both both the games in the top half uh, of the bracket there, um, North North Platte and Gretna Elkhorn South. Um, I think that those will probably be the most interesting ones. I I'm guessing that I think Burke will be will put up a good fight, but I'm guessing that on uh, the bottom half there we'll see a Bellevue West West side. Oh, uh, you think Chuck holds in the bottom? Are you do you is there an upset for you in terms of seedings? Maybe not what you think actually in terms of the teams. I, I could see either uh, North or like I would not be shocked to see North win with the with that defensive line with, with <laughs> Terry and Brown and Hernandez up oh front goodness. going against that North Platte running game. That's that's gonna be f- if they're disciplined, right? That's <laughs> yeah. flexible. You have to be gap sound and really on your assignments. But physically, yeah. that is an all state caliber defensive line. And the tandem of Brown and Hernandez, and no disrespect to Terry, because he's really oh good. yeah. But Hernandez and Brown are they're just different because they're in the middle and they're so disruptive. Heard Hernandez was terror last week for sure. Well, we and, couldn't block. Yeah, him, so <laughs> I, I don't think Noah South could either. From I'm what I heard you from firsthand, he's uh, he's unbelievable, and uh, they both are as a tandem. I, I definitely think that's an all state 
the all-state pair right there. Yeah, and you'll need uh, Keyshawn Williams coming up. Uh, some of those guys uh, in the back half uh, w- w- probably won't be test too much through the air. Got to be sound against the run. Watch uh, the, the Genitone kind of edge run. Uh, that's kind of like how they like to get him the ball to mix things up. Tilford as well. Um, what and happens, then somebody's what happens have the in the five? Uh, I, man, Gretna almost had that game last time. It's 21 nothing lead. Yeah. And they they had the ball with a, a chance to go take the lead, and Maverick Noonan did the Maverick Noonan things. So I I would not be I, – I think – I like the way that Gretna's playing right now. Um, I think from what I heard, Elkhorn South is getting a little bit healthier. Little healthier. Um, they'll, they'll have uh, another – potentially have another dynamic than they were missing last time. But um, I – I'm thinking I might have that might have to be the move for me just to try to get that double header out there. But uh, Gretna and Elkhorn South, I, I would not be surprised if Gretna um, kind of evens this thing up at one-one. A little, little chalky in B, not as chalky in A. If we're kind of reading through the tea leaves, that's one of the best in the business. That's Jacob Padilla. I'm ODB. We'll be back next week for the semis. When I hope we're in it. If not, I'll still be in a good mood. I got my partner with me. We're back next week. It's Nebraska Preps post game. A Huda Media Production.